morning, everybody. Wow, I'm telling you what. I couldn't sit still this morning. I get here and uh, Brian starts preaching and I get excited and then Jeff steps up and starts preaching and I get excited or more excited. Oh, groan. Some of you are groaning. Sorry. More excited. And uh, so I'm sorry. I'm excited to preach and you know how dangerous that can be. And if you haven't been to Sunday night, you need to start coming because I'll tell you what, Kirk is awesome. If you want to know about the pastoral letters, go back and start listening to the lessons that Kirk has brought. Uh, Titus is a powerful book. And uh, you know how important it is for us to be pastoral for each other. I get convicted every time Kirk opens his mouth. So I am so deeply thankful for the men that step up and preach and teach. But I have to tell you, there's some amazing ladies behind the scenes that are doing some incredible, incredible things. How many of you know that uh, us men couldn't do it without these ladies? Can I get an amen? amen. Oh, that was weak sauce. Come on, guys. How many would say we can't do it without our ladies? Amen. We're going to have to work on you guys a little bit. Okay. So anyway, here we go. <laughs> here we go. I'm ready with these. Ken. Ken Weiberg. What? <laughs> Papa Ken. <laughs> I am so thankful that you have... I missed you last week. Anyway, here we go. Uh, and I didn't put a word of encouragement here, but I'm doing it right now face-to-face. -face. Uh, Ken, I am thankful that you have such an amazing servant's heart. Thank you for being there when I have not been able twice this past week within the last seven days. You have helped me cover for me. Thanks, brother. And if you know what I'm talking about, I can tell you later, man. That was great. It made me look good this week. I was sweating bullets. One of them you didn't even know about. Tamara. All right, here we go. This is one of those ladies I was talking about. Tamara, I am deeply thankful for I have a prayer backup whenever I go on a call or Bible study. You know how these police officers always have backup when they go on a call? Well, Tamara, I know when she knows that I'm going out and she knows an awful lot about where I'm going. I got backup. It's a tremendous what happens when I know you're backing me up. And I mean that a lot. Your prayers are of great power and effect in opening doors for the gospel. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. There are some people in this audience who are Christians today because she has been prayerful for you as I've gone out to Bible study. So she's amazing. All right. Brian. I like listening to you speak about God from Max. <laughs> That's a great one, man. It's great when your boys are proud of you, you know. Scott Kirkpatrick, I appreciate all you do to make the assembly progress in an orderly fashion. And I'm telling you what, I was sitting back there this morning. Oh, here we go. I was sitting back there this morning in the classroom Man, it's, you could hear the preaching back there. And, and my eyes are going bad and my ears are going bad. And so it was awesome. It was great. Oh, by the way, I don't hang out in the nursery ever, but, but it's cool that it's back there too. So praise God. Thank you, Scotty. All right, Mr. D, your message was awesome. Ty, and I would agree with that one, Ty. You have good taste in your, your notes of encouragement. Brian, a.k.a. Dad. I like hearing you preach, Braxton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
He added that one in there. I thought that was good. Bill, you are such an inspiration to so many, especially me. I know who the me is because they told me. In your service to King Jesus, your time and talents, not for your own glory, but also for the glory of God. Thank you for shining brightly. Thank you. Brian. Wow, you are the rock star this morning, man. Brian, your lessons are so practical and you share so much gold. Thank you for being such a great example of a great Christian husband, father, and police officer. You touch the hearts of many. Amen. All right. Brenda, look at that. Yeah, this is you. There's only one in the audience. Okay. <laughs> you have such a wood. Brenda, it is an it is awesome to have you choose to come out, enjoy the fellowship, and grow in the truth. I'm thankful for your interest and pursuit of truth here. So there you go. All right, Ryan. Ryan, don't you look like that either? It's like, what? Here we go, Ryan. How thankful I am. You are my son. You have the spirit of service. You are an excellent teacher as well. You are using your gifts to build the kingdom for which I am deeply thankful. I'm going to tell on Ryan really quickly. He was sharing with somebody not too long ago, and they came up to me and said, you know what Ryan told me? I go, what? <laughs> and I'm telling you what, it was like, yeah, man, he nailed it. It was great. He was just preaching the gospel. It was pretty sweet. So anyway, thanks, Ryan. I'm serious. I'm not lying to you. You're telling somebody. I can't remember who. That's this old man thing going on. But they're telling on you. Julie, you, my dear sister, are such an amazing, beautiful, and joyful soul. You bring joy to everyone you meet. Thank you for shining God's light and glory to all around you. How many can say amen to that about Julie? Yeah. Amen. All right, there you go. Woohoo! Oh, we got one more. Oh, no, that's, that's one I already read. All right, here's the announcements. Are you ready? I love these announcements. College age study on Monday night, we're on. Wednesday night, evening assembly of the Kirkpatricks, we're on. Thursday night, ladies study, I hope we're on. We're on. <laughs> Serving the Lord to save more souls, we're on. All right, that's how we, that's how we roll here. So anyway, I'm excited about this morning. I hope you are. Oh, wait a minute. What? Wait, there's more. Actually, next Wednesday's potluck. So we're, woo! Yeah, dodge that one, right? Well, no, maybe, maybe you're right. Let me check. Oh, you are right. Wednesday night potluck, we're on. Oh, my goodness. Now, both Brian and Jeff caused me to do that. I was just writing, we're on, because I got excited. So there you go. It's their fault. Yeah, we got birthdays. I only got one. Oh, wait a minute. We got a whole bunch. Wow. We're on and I made a mistake. <laughs> we're live. All right. We're family. That's what's really good about this thing. You know, some of those church folks, you know, the preacher's got to have a good hairdo. And I got the best. Bald is beautiful. But Besides that, you know, when we make mistakes, it's like we're human, right? Human filled with the Holy Spirit. So anyway, thank you. 
Thank you for a reminder. Oh, by the way, Jennifer Kaikala. This is her birthday. I think she celebrates for months, okay? This is her birthday month. I'm serious. When you're going to celebrate, you might as well celebrate all month long, right? Okay, June is my birthday celebration. So there you go. We're going to party all June. Anyway, so let's party with Jeff Sharon. He just turned 29 and a half. Not really. <laughs> what? Many times. Many times. There you go. And uh, Nicole McKinney. Nicole, are you on? If you're on, we're singing happy birthday to you. She is the sweetest soul. If you haven't met Nicole, she is such a sweet young lady. So, Nicole, happy birthday. Anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? Or if you're Matt, Jennifer Kaikula this month? <laughs> there you go. Okay, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. Braxton, I think, I think your mom and dad are growing up a song leader there. I don't know. That's you, man. I think it would be great. All right, let's grab our Bibles. Let's grab our Bibles. Turn to the book of 2 Corinthians and chapter 2. 2 Corinthians and chapter 2. And before we read this, you're just, okay, you're, you're poised to read it. 2 Corinthians, did I say chapter 2? I'm sorry, chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So I got to ask you these questions before we start. I want you to think about the answer to these questions for you. All right? And I'm going to ask the question, and, and I'm going to ask it with my mind about myself. So in your mind, listen, and then you ask the same question yourself. Do I really believe that what I believe is really real? Let me get you some specifics on that one. Do I really believe that Jesus Christ lived, died, and was raised again and seated at the right hand of God. King of kings and Lord of lords, sovereign over all creation. Do I really believe that? Now, if you say, yeah, I really believe that, then there has to be some motion in your notion. In other words, you can't say, I believe that Jesus Christ was crucified and buried and raised and lives again and he's seated on high, and he's the sovereign over all creation. That means something, brethren. That means something. That means that no matter what happens in this world to you, that God, Jesus Christ, knows and knows that you are able through the power of his indwelling presence to be more than a conqueror in that life situation. I don't care what it is. You're saying, well, you have been, you're just so blessed. Well, we're all blessed. All of us who are in Christ are blessed, brethren. Blessed with persecution sometimes, amen? With struggles and trials sometimes, amen? We're blessed because then we get to choose Jesus rather than self, as you'll see this morning. Do you believe God's word? Do you believe God's word? Let me ask that once again. Maybe I can get a shout out. Do you believe God's word? Do you believe it's God's? Do you believe it's God's word? It's not the word of Paul or, or, 
or, or Peter, it's God speaking through the... Do you really believe that? I do too. So when we experience affliction, do you believe that God has allowed that for a reason, for a purpose? Or do we, do I, I'm sorry, I should keep it in the, do I whine and moan and groan? Or do I rejoice in my sufferings? We need to ask ourselves that question as we read the scripture this morning. Let's turn, if you haven't done it already, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, no matter what it is, so that he comforts us for a reason, so that we'll be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. I love that passage of scripture. It's so encouraging to me that there's a reason when I go through difficulties and the, the reason is so I can choose God to comfort me so that I can comfort others. I want you to get that in your mind. When I go through affliction, I want you to say this in your mind. When I go through affliction, it's so that God is helping me understand what it feels like when someone goes through difficulties so that I can, in compassion, come alongside and help them. Instead of going, woe is me, which I have to share with you, I have done before. I know I'm not saying that you've ever done that before, but I have done that before. Woe is me. All this horrible stuff is happening. You know, crying in my bed to God. Why, God? I'm sharing with you. I've done that. But I'm coming to realize that those days must be put behind me. I must embrace the truth of the scripture. I'm talking to me now. That whatever the future holds, I must embrace it as God has allowed it to grow me stronger as I choose to trust him instead of my pea brain self. Notice I didn't put that on you either, okay? It's the same thing. You know, sometimes I got this little pea brain that, you know. But now let's read on to today's lesson. That was my introduction. Today's lesson, verse 8 and 9. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Timothy. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we dis so that so beyond our strength, so that we uh, despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. 
who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. You also joining in helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Let's pray. Father, this morning I pray that as we work through the scriptures this morning, we'd be greatly encouraged. You know, these passages of scriptures with the wrong mindset could terribly discourage us. But Father, for us to understand that you are sovereign and in control. And Father, it's for us to step up in faith and trust, knowing that whatever happens, you have allowed it so we could serve you as Jesus did in his darkest hour in giving other people the greatest example of faithfulness as our brother Brian just shared just a moment ago. Father, I pray you would help us to listen carefully to your word this morning and understand it, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. I have to share with you that I love preaching expository sermons in the context of the umbrella of the topic of trusting God. And this passage of scripture, as you well know, is the passage of scripture that's the anchor verse for this year. And that's why we've done already working through Jeremiah chapter 17 in the first part before family camp to help anchor us in a, in a foundational understanding of how important it is to trust God. But now in the New Testament, we get to fully understand as New Testament people what we need to be prepared to do to be great encouragers for others in crazy times. If you think crazy times are coming, they've always been here. Well, not necessarily here in the United States, although on occasion we've had some crazy times, but these crazy times have always been since the establishment of the church. You think the devil appreciated the fact that when Jesus rose from the dead, he said, oh, by the way, I'm going to raise up millions, millions like me. That's why the devil wanted to get him before he was crucified. Because once he was crucified and bore all of our sins in his body, it was a sure thing. He was coming from that grave. And when he came from that grave, the devil shook out because it was only a few days later, 3,000 more were raised from the dead to powerfully serve King Jesus. And a few days later, 5,000 more were raised up to, sing, to serve King Jesus. And just in this last few weeks, five have been raised up to serve King Jesus. And more are going to come to serve King Jesus. The devil is on his heels and he's fighting for, well, he has no life. He's dead and he knows it. The church, the church is the unshakable kingdom. No matter what comes, we are more than conquerors. Memorize Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through the end of the chapter. That is you, brother. That's you, sister. That's us. We're more than conquerors. We can go forth victorious every day. That's what it says. You get the right biblical picture and you'll be that man in the arena that Brian has been talking about. And you will be more than a conqueror in every event. And it 
Satan will try to crush you, but he cannot if we walk by faith. That's why I love this scripture. So first, first off, look at this point number one. The point number one, it says the burden, the burden of Paul's affliction. He doesn't, not, he doesn't want us to be unaware. That word unaware, get your pencils out. I hope you write this down. It's going to blow you away. You know what the word unaware means? Agneo. How many remember what the word meta-noeo means? Meta-change, noeo the mind. Agneo. You know what an agnostic is? An agnostic is who one that knows that there's something greater than him, but he doesn't know who he is. Ag means not. Not knowing. Agneo. We don't want you to be not knowing about the purpose of affliction and what we've gone through. We want you to know. We want you to know in living color. I don't know if you did not appreciate what Brian did this morning. You woke me up, man. And I don't mean because I was snoozing. You woke me up and tears came to my eyes. We need our souls woken up. The church back then was kind of going, well, whatever, we'll just kind of get through it. Can't be that way today, and it can't be that way back then. So Paul says, we do not want you to be unaware. We do not want you to be not knowing. Uh, <clears throat> you know how else that word is translated? We don't want you to be ignorant. It's even worse. The worst case scenario, are you ready? The word unaware can also be to ignore. Brethren, I don't want you to ignore the fact that whatever afflictions may come in the future, God has allowed so that we'll grow strong if we truly walk by faith and not by sight. Can someone open up those back windows because people are falling asleep? And you can't fall asleep here today. Serious, please, open up that window. Could you just pop that or maybe that one over there? Just, just one of them, just a little bit. That'd be great. Get a little airflow. We don't want to miss this one because if you miss this one, you might end up missing a very important point for something coming down the road, all right? So my point is this, is that we need to know why affliction and what affliction Paul went through so we can look to his example and follow his example. There are some people who want to ignore the fact that Christians are gonna go through a, a great affliction, there are, people, there are some people who want to ignore the fact that something might be coming. It's always been coming, brethren. So now let's get really into it. What was Paul's affliction? Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 19. This is the affliction he's talking about. Now, I've looked at all the affliction that he went through. Man, there is a lot. But contextually, in the time frame, this is the affliction he's talking about. Take a look here. Uh, Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 21. Now, after these things were finished, Paul purposed in the spirit to go to Jerusalem. And after he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia two of those who were ministering to him, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. Verse 23. About that time there occurred no small disturbance, meaning a really big one. Okay, that's what it's meaning. A big disturbance concerning the way, concerning the church. Because the church, the truth, was destroying 
the commercialization of the, the religion in that town. The worship of goddess Diana. Basically the worship of prostitution. That's what that was. You went down to the local temple of Diana, it'd be going down to the local, uh, what do you call it? Uh, brothel. brothel, thank you. Right word, brothel. I wanted to make sure that word was used instead of something else for little ears. So so notice, when, when, when Paul's preaching the truth, all of a sudden, all the money that was going to that is going away. And so the guys didn't like that very well. Now guess what ends up happening? Look at verse 28. When they heard this, when one of the big business owners got everybody cranked up, when they heard this, verse 28, when they heard this, they were filled with rage. And they began crying out saying, Great is Artemis, or Diana, of the Ephesians. The city was filled with confusion and they rushed with one accord, this throbbing mass, thinking all the same thing. And they weren't any of them thinking into the theater, dragging along two very important Christians that were Paul's travel companions from Macedonia. They dragged them into the arena. They want to do terrible things to them. But they wanted the ringleader. We're going to hold these guys here until the ringleader shows up. So what does Paul do? You know what Paul does? I'll go in there and straighten things out. <laughs> yeah, you know how that worked out a couple other times for him. They stoned and left for dead one time. I think he actually was killed, but God raised him up. I'm not done with you, boy. Get up and let's keep going. And there were even, are you ready for this? There were even politicians that were saying, Paul, don't go in there. You could lose your life. Now, when a politician says that, you're like, wow, this guy. So guess what? He listened. Now look at verse 32. So then some were shouting one thing and some another, for the assembly was in confusion. And the majority did not know what, 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 for what reason they had come together. You're saying, that's stupid. That would never happen. I'll tell you what, when I talked with a local police officer who's done riots before, there's a lot of people that show up and go, hey, let's go destroy things together and have fun. They have no clue what they're doing. There's a few people that are rabble-rousers in the most recent peaceful protests where people were hurt and things were destroyed, but, but, but they were peaceful protests. Don't, don't question me on that. Anyway, so uh, th there were a few people paid, and everybody else was going, yeah, let's go along and have some fun. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. It's no different. Nothing's new under the sun, brethren, nothing new. Now, we want to step a little bit further into this. What was the emotional crush of Paul's affliction? He wants so desperately to go in there and to save his two friends, Gaius and Aristarchus. But he also knows if he steps in there, he's putting himself into the hands of the devil, and the devil would destroy him, but he still had more work to do. He's in this horrible conflict. I would rather give myself. But everyone is saying, no, no, no. His disciples were saying, don't do it. And even those who were not even Christians were saying, don't do it. We know what these people are like. He didn't. Because he was going to stay the course. You know, Paul's affliction brought so much emotional pain. Let's take a look. Look at your scripture once again. 
Listen to the emotional pain it brought. Verse eight, for we do not want you to be unaware of our affliction, which came to us in Asia. I just described it in Acts 19. That we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. Now those are emotional burdens, brethren. The word burdened excessively, I looked that word up. It means a heavy weight that burdens you down. In Thayer's, are you ready for this? Thayer's Greek Dictionary, it says, and I'm quoting, and um, to be emotionally weighed down by external evils and calamities. Did you catch that? Emotionally burdened by external evils and calamities. Brethren, I know a lot of people during those peaceful protests that were emotionally burdened. And I'm not just talking about our, our peace officers, but there were a lot of people in the Thurston area. There were a lot of people in the surrounding areas that were being terrified by these peaceful protests. Terrified. What I'm saying to you is, is that Paul was terrified of what might happen to Gaius and to Aristarchus, what might happen to him. We're going to continue to preach, but it was an emotional burden on him. <clears throat> so if you think that you're wimping out because just like, wow, this thing's crazy, you're not wimping out. You just need to step up in faith and say, God is allowing this. I'm going to move forward in faith and I am going to do my part in encouraging others, building others up. I'm going to stay the course. We need to do that, brethren. Encourage one another. Oh, by the way, the word excessively, excessively burdened. If I had a cup of water up here or had a cup and I was to pour it, pour water into it, uh, to fill it to the brim, that's a full measure. This means more than the measure. It'd be like me pouring water and it's water's overflowing. Stop pouring that. You're getting everything wet. Can you get that visual? Have you ever done that before? Pouring milk and you're a little kid. It's all over. It's, it's overflowing the measure. But notice it's, a, it's emotional overflowing. You see it in people's demeanor. You see it in people's being short in their temper. You see it in people's fear. You see it in people standing back. Brethren, that's when you are not walking by faith. You know what? That was horrible back then. And it was horrible. Were you there that night? It was horrible. I saw a video of it. There was one officer that was being pulled. He literally got pulled into the peaceful protest. They were peacefully beating him. And other police officers reached in and pulled him out. I don't know what that does to your psyche, man, but I'm, I'm telling you what, that's where Paul was at. Do you recognize and understand, brethren, that these scriptures are living right now? They're, they're our life. Embrace them as truth. If you walk away and you ignore, oh, I don't want to hear, you're, you're the one that's being told so you're aware, but then you're sticking your fingers in your, I don't really want to know this. No, we can't be that way. 
We need to be people that know that God is sovereign. He's got it all under control. And if I walk by faith and I embrace that, you know what? I can bring joy to other people. I have breath. I have hugs. I have a lot that I can offer people. Then you start offering that. And have you noticed that when you help somebody else in their struggles, that your struggles tend to melt away? How many have ever noticed that before? Anybody else know that? You've experienced that? I have. He who waters others waters himself. That's, that statement is true. Beyond our strength. The word beyond means higher and above. Strength means the power and strength in ourselves. Notice what he says there. Beyond our strength. I don't know about you, but but I, I, I gave uh, 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 Darren, our brother in Christ over there, came up and I grabbed his arm and I went, good night, that's a gun and a half. Don't mess with him. Okay, so I took my hand off real quick. You don't grab a guy like that. Yeah, you just don't. I mean, you know, you can do that. Darren's a good guy. But, uh, but my point is this, is that we're taking a look at there, the, the strength, the power and strength. Now, Darren's got a lot more gun than I got, but you know what? From a physiological, personal standpoint, we're all wimps. That goes to my next point. We despaired even, even of life. Despaired to be utterly at a loss, so much so that we're despondent. To be utterly destitute of measures or resources, so much so that we renounce all hope. That's exactly what the devil wants. Did you catch that? When we realize that we cannot in and of ourselves handle it, the normal human is going to say it's hopeless. I can't do this. I'm done. That's the normal human. Brian Bragg said that what Jesus endured during that little beating, most humans died. They were not emotionally strong enough. They are not physically strong enough. They were not committed to powering through to serve God. I don't know about you, and I don't know what the future holds, but I'm resolved to get to heaven. I'm resolved to get to heaven. Are you resolved to get to heaven? We have to be intentional every day to develop that resolve right now. Right now. We will not, all of a sudden, when the persecution comes... Okay, I'm ready. You are not ready. You haven't done anything to get ready. You've been grumbling and griping about a broken toenail and how your car doesn't run and how, how your door's falling off and how... My house is a disaster area. And it's not because I want it to be. There's other things that got to be going on. You're smiling, right? <laughs> Ryan knows what we're talking about. There's other things like people to encourage and, and, and to help. I don't know about you, but it'd be pretty easy to be despondent when it gets crazy, to be utterly destitute of measures or resources, so much so just, I'm done. Literally, it means no way to go through. Despair means you're at a place where you can see it's no way to go through, I'm done. Don't get to that point because Jesus, the strongest man and yet he was uneducated, 
but learned. Not strong man. He didn't work out in the gym. Okay, didn't have a lot of money. Didn't have any good looks. He didn't. He, well, he didn't have anything really. But he had God as his father, filled with the Spirit of God. That's what he had. When you are so resolved to achieve something, there will be a source of strength beyond yourself to provide to go through that. We see it over and over and over and over in the scriptures. When you read the scriptures, do you look for pictures of who you are in times of great trouble? Do you look at those pictures? Memorize Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through the end of the chapter. Memorize that. And look at that and go, hey, that's me. Because it is you in, in Christ. It is me in Christ. It is us in Christ. Now, I want to finish here this morning with this last part. And it'll go pretty quickly. Look at verse 9. Read verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. Indeed, we have the sentence of death within ourselves so that... Why did God allow us to get so far or Paul to get so far in this affliction that he was despairing? I don't have the resources to get done what needs to get done. That's where, he's, where he was at. So that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. You know, we need to get to the point where we're going, you know what? I'm trusting only in God because I can't do this. It's okay to say I can't do this, but it's not okay to say I'm done. It's okay to say, I can't do this because there's a lot of stuff that we can't do without God. Are there some things that are impossible for human beings? Yes or no? Yeah, there's a lot. But not with God. So let's finish up quickly. The sentence of death. It's a judicial, it's a judicial decision that Paul in himself made. I am a dead man. <laughs> wow, I haven't gotten to that point in my life yet. I haven't gotten to that point yet. But I'll tell you, a, a dear sweet young lady in Ukraine, I talked with her yesterday morning. She's been running from Odessa, if you know anything about the geography of Ukraine. It's down in the southern mid-southern part on the Crimean Sea. She has started running like a lot of other refugees. She's right on the border of Poland. And she has paper problems, document problems. And I asked her how it's going, and she started to cry. She said, in my travels, we traveled by orphanages that were targeted. completely destroyed and she was crying I cannot get those pictures out of my mind and then there was a baby hospital what do you call it where babies are delivered targeted so she's on the run she's on the run with her aunt thank goodness her aunt is an older lady um, and wise, seems very wise, 
And so they're working uh, to get out of that country. That young lady is not a Christian yet. She knows about the love of God, and we're continuing to, to meet. We're going to study once again this, this coming Tuesday morning. And I'm going to plead to her, please listen. And God loves you and wants for you life in this life and life in the hereafter. See, that's affliction that I have not experienced, nor have you. We have not experienced that. And I don't know if that'll be our future. But I do know one thing. Anne in Belarus, young lady the same age as, as Nicole, in Christ, as we speak of the word of God, she smiles. She says, so thankful for the encouragement. And I said, do me a favor, Anne, as you keep in contact with me because I might need your encouragement down the road. Would you do that? See, because we can comfort one another, amen? So I'm comforting her. And she is a great comfort to me. Her husband is conscripted into the military and they're trying to escape Belarus so he doesn't have to fight against his brothers and sisters in Ukraine. See, those are things I have never experienced before. So we need to be mentally prepared for whatever the future may hold. So brethren, the sentence of death here, don't trust in yourself. Why not trust in yourself? I got some news for you about me. I'll tell you about me and see if it, it might match up with where you're at. Let's see, I'm finite. I'm limited in knowledge, wisdom, and experience. You can say amen to that one if you want, okay? Uh, I am finite. I'm limited in my physical, personal, emotional, and cognitive strength. I get tired. And when I get tired, I make mistakes. It's dangerous. And when I say dangerous, it's not like my son driving that, that big old truck. If he falls asleep at the wheel of the truck, yeah, that's dangerous. But man, when it, we're working with souls for eternity, that's dangerous, man. That's dangerous. And so I, I am frail. I am limited. But what is, you know what Jesus says in Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25? You know this one. Hey, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, the first thing you got to do is deny yourself. <laughs> Self will mess you up every single time, man. That's how Jesus would say it nowadays. You think you got it all dialed in? Sorry, you don't got it all dialed in. You know, we need to say that to ourselves. I don't have it all dialed in. I need Jesus. Good. Good. We're on the way. And then he says, then take up your cross. You mean I got to sacrifice? <laughs> yes. For, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding you. We're supposed to sacrifice. I want to be like Jesus when I grow up. Good. Sacrifice is a part of growing up into Jesus. What do I got to sacrifice? Self. Be selfless. Think about others. You know, when the crush comes in your life, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Reach out to someone to encourage them. Well, I'm the one that needs encouragement. Yeah, you're right. So reach out and encourage somebody. Because when you start reaching out and encourage people, it's going to come back to you. It will. God promises that. Please understand that truth. Trust in the only one who can raise the dead. Who do you depend on when life gets crazy? Who do you rely on when life falls apart? 
Who do you run to when there's no other place to run? Oftentimes, I run to, well, I can, I'm, I'm just going to get tougher and I'm going to get smarter and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and guess what? Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> We're going off the rails. We're going in the ditch. Take the wheel, Jesus. That's exactly how it goes with me. I know that's not your experience. I know it's hard for you to relate, but I'm just saying that so you understand that's where I'm at. Now, more and more I need to do that in this time of challenge and difficulty. I don't know what the future holds. I suppose there's going to be some pretty tough times for this old bird, but I just pray that I will step up and understand Romans chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Romans chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Let's close with that. Do you have the faith of your father Abraham? Did you know that if you've been baptized into Christ, clothed with Christ, raised up to walk in the newness of life, that your father is not only God, but in this life, your father is Abraham, your father is David, all of those great men and women of faith, those are your generation that's gone on before you. You can look to them for your example. Let's take a look. Romans chapter 4 in closing, verse 16 and 17. Let me encourage you to have the faith of your father in this world, Abraham, for he was a man of amazing faith. Here we go. Romans chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Paul says, for this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, God's powerful gift so that the promise will be guaranteed to all of all of the descendants not only those who are of the law the Jewish folks but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham that's us who are not Jewish by nature Moses says but those who are of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all as it is written a father of many nations will I make you now here's where it gets good in the presence, he says here, uh, in, in the presence of him in whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. Was Jesus Christ raised from the dead, yes or no? Okay. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead never to die again. When you were immersed into Christ, were you raised to walk in the newness of life? To live for eternity? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. They cannot kill you. They cannot kill you. Oh, yes, they can. No, they can send you home. Did you get that? They can't kill you. They can only send you home. How many of us when we were little kids... We're sent home, and we're going, yeah, baby, I got sent home. But this is for good behavior that we're going to be sent home. Not bad behavior. I kind of slipped on that one. That's kind of where I was when I was a kid. <laughs> Tyler, you were never that way, I know. We've talked. Anyway, so, <laughs> look, they can only send us home. And you know what? If you get to spend a little bit of time here suffering, you know what? You get to show the example of Jesus in the very best way. 
Get that mindset because it's absolutely true. You have to get that mindset now. And finally, as we take a look at this, not only is he able to raise the dead, he calls into being that which does not exist. Are you ready for this, brethren? You may not have the courage right now. You may not have this, I'm resolved no matter what, I'm going through it. But when you suffer things during this life, in the next few days, in the next few weeks, in the next few months, don't default to, why has this always happened to me? But rather, this is a great opportunity to grow in strength. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith to see if it's real is going to cause you to grow in strength and endurance so that you'll be able to do what? To walk in wisdom, perfect wisdom, strong for all else, that together we may enter into heaven. Have I told you recently that one of the most important things that we've been called to is to encourage one another day after day, daily, especially as we see the, the day drawing near. Are you encouraging others? The devil's out for people's lives. Shouldn't we be out for people's lives? Lives eternal? Brethren, how important these messages are, and I'm not saying that because I'm preaching them. Man, when I'm studying, I'm going, wow, I really needed that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need to work on that one. I don't know about you, but I like it when someone gives it to me with the bark on. And that's how we're going to do it here for the next few sermons. All right? Don't be scared away. Step into it and grow with it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the time that we've been able to spend together this morning. I look forward to the great lesson tonight from Kirk. I look forward to the opportunity to spend time with my sons this afternoon having lunch. I look forward, dear Heavenly Father, to, to encouraging the brethren in this coming week. Father, help us to get the right picture of who we are and step into that. Father, when we're in our prayer closets, when we're in our studies and reading and thinking and, and praying through these things, give us what we need, Father, to be the people that you've called us to be. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand and get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? That's right, Braxton. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. Let's go get her done. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.